Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620-CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Sitting in for Jim Smalley, here's Josh Sigurdsson. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock, for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today on the show, we'll dive into this week's crop report, and we'll have feedback on yesterday's agri-stability announcement. And as usual, the farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director, Jim Smalley. And for Jim Smalley, I'm Josh Sigurdsson. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. This week's crop report shows that harvesting is already underway and that grasshoppers continue to be an issue. Matt Struthers from the Ministry of Agriculture shares more. Perfect. So this this week's crop report is out, and it's saying that harvest is underway already, um, and we're well ahead of where we usually are. Is that specifically because of the drought, you think, in your opinion? Uh, yes, sir. we're certainly farther ahead than we uh, ever have been the last few years. We're sitting at 3% of the crop now combined, uh, well ahead of the five-year average of less than 1%. And, yeah, there's quite a few factors that go into that. You know, mainly, uh, like you said, like the drought has, has really uh, quickened things up and uh, farmers just can't wait any longer, right? Their crops are just drying down that quickly. Um, the other thing is in that, in that 3%, that doesn't just include um, crops that were taken off for grain. That also includes um, a portion of crops that were annual crops that were taken off uh, to be harvested for green feed. Um, there's so, so not all of that 3% is just grain. That's also including um, anyone who took their annual crop off to to uh, support some livestock producers. And we're also seeing the, the the trend of the lack of rain continue within the province. Macklin only got 18 millimeters. That is that enough to save the crop at all this year? No, unfortunately, 18 millimeters when it's this hot and dry um, is kind of like a drop in an empty bucket. Uh, it doesn't do anything. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're seeing an unprecedented trend across the prairies of... Uh, just, you know, hot, dry weather and no heat. You know, it's, it's very common to have a really hot day in the prairies and then have a big thunder shower that night, but we're just not getting that. And we haven't had a big general rain across the province for, you know, going on two months. Uh, you know, I think it was May long weekend, the last time I experienced an actual good rain. Uh, and yeah, right now, any rain that we receive isn't going to help crops. There might be a few fields that were seeded a bit later and they might uh, benefit from uh, a bit of rain just to help them fill their you know, fill heads or fill pods, um, but that's that's a very slim chance. The the uh, the damage has been done, and, and we're just going to have to live with it for the moment. Uh, but any rain we receive from now and going into the fall and going into the winter 
is going to help the ground, you know, recover and recharge and then uh, help any crops for the following year. So I hope, uh, I hope everyone gets their crop off and then it has a big dump, uh, dump of rain across the prairies for a good week. And then, uh, then we can go into the winter with a big dump of snow and we can start, we can forget about this year and start the spring uh, fresh. And let's just talk about crop damage. Obviously, the heat and the drought has caused a, a extensive crop damage, but there's also grasshoppers have been a, a real pain this year. Um, just how bad is the situation with grasshoppers? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a kind of a crazy year. A lot of a lot of people who have uh, never sprayed for grasshoppers have had to go out there and spray for them, and they just they like that hot, dry heat, right? They want a little bit of moisture in the spring to uh, to start their life cycle, and then uh, when it gets hot and dry, they just take off, and and they really did take off. Um, just about everyone in the province has had a um, some kind of problem with them. Some guys uh, I know have sprayed three times to get them under control, and then. Uh, but right now, the the window for spraying is 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 running uh, pretty you know pretty slim, and you're you're kind of running into uh, the uh, time frame between spraying and harvest, so you can't you can't overlap there. You have to wait a certain period of time. Um, but yeah, just just a big problem uh, all across. You know, uh, pastures have been eaten down, uh, and then now that uh, you know, they're moving across to a lot of um, food sources they don't normally eat. Like, you know, lentils. Uh, they're not a big fan of lentils, but uh, they're all over lentil fields right now because they're they just want to eat anything that's green. And what's the overall sentiment from producers around the province? Like, as harvest is starting, obviously it's not the excitement of previous years. So, what are you hearing from producers out there? Uh, you know, it's 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 a range. Uh, a lot of um, some older older producers that I know and I speak to. Um, who have uh, had some really good years in the past? They're not too worried. You know, they they've been through it before. They've had they've had bad years, and they know how to get through it. It's um, I would say largely the the younger generation of farmers who have just got into the game. Um, they're you know they're a bit more a bit more worried. They have more on the line. Um, but yeah, it just it, it kind of varies. If um, some guys have good looking crops or or half decent looking crops, and other guys have really bad looking crops, and uh, but no one no one has absolutely excellent crops unfortunately and and uh yeah so i'd say the sentiment's a bit you know a bit sad and 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 down um especially among your livestock producers you know they're you know pastures are are drying out and water's drying out and and water quality is dropping quite a bit and and uh, you know the hay yields this year uh, and quality just weren't good um so there's been quite a bit of concern among the livestock producers and uh it uh, my heart goes out to them and i feel quite quite uh quite bad and due to the dryness of the crop and just the overwhelming heat, um, there's a bit of a fire risk when it comes to harvesting this year. So I guess what are you uh, suggesting farmers do to mitigate that risk as they uh, as they combine their fields? Yeah, of course it's so dry, and, and then when you start putting that through through a combine, there's always a risk of combine fires. Even you know any year there always is that risk, but this year definitely is is a bit heightened. Plus you know it's so dry out if a uh, a combine fire starts and, and then gets into your field, uh, that's a big concern. So you know, farmers are always always being vigilant, and they're reminded to be vigilant, and um, you know, always have uh, you know a water tank or or some kind of fire uh, fighting equipment nearby, and um, and you know, do all the precautions to make sure that uh, fires are um, either kept from starting, or if they do start, then to um, get them under control and put them out as quick as possible. And of course, uh, there's um, information on uh, you know farm safety on the uh, Saskag website. I recommend any farmer who uh, wants to brush up on their uh, fire safety to to take take a look and before they start combining. 
Matt Struthers is a crop extension specialist with Sask Ag. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Covering for Jim Smalley, here's Josh Sigerson. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eaves troughs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesTroughs.ca and Farmtronics in Regina, your farm electronics specialists. From moisture testers to security cameras, keeping your farm running productively and efficiently since 1977. 380 Henderson Drive. The federal and Saskatchewan governments have agreed to increase the interim benefit payment under the AgriStability Program from 50% to 75% for Saskatchewan producers. Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt says allowing producers to access a larger portion of their AgriStability benefit early will help with cash flow needs and provide them with additional flexibility to deal with the drought conditions. APAS President Todd Lewis says it's welcome news for those producers who are enrolled in the AgriStability program. It's going to be all about cash flow and, and for those people that uh, will trigger an AgriStability payment, uh, it'll it'll certainly be helpful. It's, uh, it's not extra money, it's just... Uh, getting money uh, in people's pockets quicker and and uh, that's always been a problem with agri-stability is that it's uh, very slow to react and, and you know it'll take a, up to a year or longer for uh, that money to flow totally through through to producers so it is it will be helpful in some cases but it's also important to remember that uh, less than 40 percent of producers are actually signed up to agri-stability there's been some long-term problems with the program and uh, this certainly isn't going to be the uh, be the uh, solution to people's problems, but uh, it's going to help. Lewis says it doesn't help the 60% of Saskatchewan farmers who not oh, who aren't enrolled in agri-stability. No, that's correct, and uh, you know that's uh, where we've asked uh, that uh, now with the change in the crop from uh, June 30th to to uh, the present that uh, the uh, deadline extension be uh, increased uh, to so producers can sign up. Uh, still, it's uh, the money is still available there from the federal government from uh, to increase the compensation rate from 70 to 80 percent and uh, they'll also uh, have left uh, the extended deadline on the table as well so we've asked we're gonna we have asked the province to uh, increase the uh, the payment rate and extend the deadline as well so some more producers can get signed up to agri-stability take advantage of this that was a past president todd lewis the interim benefit under agri-stability is calculated based on the estimated margin decline or loss for the year compared to the farming operations reference margin the decline must be at least 30 percent below the reference margin to access a payment Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. And joining me now is Mac Ross. He is the Director of Market Access and Trade Policy for Pulse Canada. Mac, kind of a, a big week for Canadian pulses heading into India, lentil specifically. What's the latest there? Yeah, for sure. So so yesterday, or I guess uh, it was um, Sunday overnight, we, we found out that India had uh, lowered the uh, applicable duty rate for for lentils imported into India. So now we're we're going to be facing a total applied rate of, of 11% down from uh, 33% for lentils imported from all origins except the USA or 
in, including Canada, um, whereas uh, USA lentils will be subject to a 22% um, down from uh, 55%. Can you speak to the reason for that? Uh, yeah, so just the difference with we, the USA. I just find that interesting. Oh, the difference with the USA, yeah. So they, they've they um, had a, a – the U.S. has been subject to, to higher duty rates uh, since 2018 and since uh, steel and aluminum uh, tariffs were, were imposed. And, and also uh, more recently in 2020, um, uh, India had, had removed – or sorry, U.S. had removed India from uh, their their list of countries that, that receives uh, special, special trade uh, treatment uh, due to them being a developed country. So that, that could – reportedly be a, a reason as well. But uh, this this uh, disparity in, in rates has been been that way since uh, steel and aluminum tariffs back in 2018. Okay, great. Okay. So, I mean, the good news for Canada, of course, um, we've, we've moved down from that 33%, which has been in place for a while now. So uh, how long has that been? And it, it's my understanding, but correct me if I'm wrong, that 11% is more sort of what Canada has been, has been shipping into India f- for for quite some time before this run up to 33 percent correct yeah so so really you know the these uh these tariffs that that we face on lentils but all other pulses as well like chickpeas um and and peas have, have been quite restrictive really since about 2017 and uh, last year in 2020 was the first time we saw india uh reduce the the lentil tariff down to 11%. So from roughly the good part of June to December of 2020, it was reduced down to 11%. And, and why they did that uh, um, seemingly was to to combat rising food prices in India. As, as we know, they're, they're often trying to, to strike this balance between high prices for their farmers and affordable prices for consumers. So lowering the tariff was a way to combat um, food food price inflation. And, and so in December of 2020, it went back up to 33% and it, it stayed that way in, until now. And, and now it's gone back down. So, so you know, while it's a, a positive uh, signal, um, and uh, you know will will sort of allow us to to look at sort of capitalizing on some of this new demand. Um, we we do still need predictability, and and that's always going to be the primary focus in in terms of our relationship with India. This latest temporary reduction, while positive, is is just another example of the volatility and in, in import policies that that creates uncertainty for for all growers, traders, and and consumers of pulses. Right. And, and so that is part of this is that, of course, uh, there's no guarantee as to how long this, this reduced tariff will be in place. Because as you mentioned, India tends to use these tariffs to manage their domestic conditions, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. And, and you know, historically, we've seen that uh, when, when these tariffs have been uh, lowered, that there's a, a timeline imposed, uh, whereas this time there's been no end date. So really, like you say, it's it's just sort of at the, the whim of, of the government of India and when they decide to uh, either raise it or, or revise it again. So uh, not a lot of certainty on, on that front. And, and, you know, like I said, while, while positive and, and, and definitely will be um, – you know, a, a positive thing for some of the bulk shippers. Uh, as you know, Lindsay, there's uh, a number of issues we're experiencing right now on, on the container side. So um, it, it, it will be a little tough for us to immediately capitalize on, on some of this uh, new demand when we don't have the container capacity here in, uh, uh, in Canada to, to, to meet these needs right away. 
This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in with no appointment necessary or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. We'll see a mix of sun and cloud today with widespread smoke and a high of 26. Tonight will be partly cloudy, becoming clearer this evening, hazy, and a low of 14. Tomorrow we'll see a mix of sun and cloud with a slight chance of showers in the afternoon, risk of a thunderstorm later on, hazy, windy, and a high of 29, and a low of 16. Saturday we'll see a mix of sun and cloud and a high of 26, and a low of 14. Sunday a mix of sun and cloud with a slight chance of showers, high of 24, low of 12. Monday a mix of sun and cloud with a slight chance of showers, high of 21, low of 12. Tuesday, sunny and a high of 25 and a low of 13. And Wednesday, sunny and a high of 27. The normals for this time of year, the normal highs around 26. The normal lows around 11 degrees. The sun rose at 532 this morning and will set at 837 tonight. Around the province right now, Estevan's at 24, Saskatoon's at 25, Weyburn at 21, and Yorkton at 19. In Moose Jaw right now, it's smoke with the wind calm out of the east-southeast, and it's 25 degrees. And in Regina right now, it's smoke with the wind calm out of the northwest, and 24 degrees. Back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Filling in for Jim, here's Josh Sigurdsson. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, mcdougalauctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. This year's canola crop will be a challenging one to harvest. There is different staging in many fields, and with lower yields due to drought, it will be very important not to lose any valuable seeds to shattering or combine losses. Ian Epp is an agronomy specialist with the Canola Council of Canada based in Saskatoon, and he sat down with CJWW's Neil Billinger. He says yield potential fell quite a bit last month. It's kind of a combination, for the most part, of high temperatures. Canola doesn't like those plus 30s, that heat blasting, but also it, it is it's even worse if there's running out of moisture underneath. And we've kind of seen both across the prairies, unseasonally warm, and just the crop was holding on in a lot of cases, but it's kind of run out of moisture at various points, so... Yeah, the, crop, the canola crop's in a, a fairly tough shape as we get close to harvest. What kind of uh, harvest challenges does that pose? Yeah, so I guess there's a couple of them. One is just that we have some insects causing some grief. So we have had grasshoppers, people spraying for grasshoppers. And, and you know, for a few of the late-season insects, just there's less biomass out there. There's less green material. So as the plants have been going through various stages of drought, you know, they start dropping leaves earlier. They start drying down earlier. Some of these insects are moving up into the pods. So that, that's part of the problem. Um, and then the rest is just staging the crop, right? We ran out of moisture at various levels. Sandier ridges have been out of moisture for a couple of weeks. Some of those low spots were still holding on. So the crop is, you know, all over the map as far as staging. So trying to get a timing right for any sort of, you know, whether it's swath timing or some sort of other harvest management timing, where uh, it's, you know, a lot more time spent in the field trying to figure out what's going on. 
Proper staging for pre-harvest glyphosate application and following pre-harvest intervals are very important. So when it comes to desiccating canola, if you're going to straight cut it and you want to desiccate it or use a pre-harvest like a glyphosate, we got to make sure we get the staging right. No matter what shape the crop's in, we don't want any uh, herbicide residue showing up that causes marketing issues. And again, realizing that this year with a highly variable crop, it's maybe a little bit harder to do. So if we're looking at like a pre-harvest glyphosate for some weed control, we're looking at that swath timing. So that's 50 to 60% seed color change. And that's in the least mature part of the field. So finding those low, likely low spots this year that are still green, uh, holding on, you know, make sure they are in that 50 to 60% seed color change, realizing that a lot of the other parts of the field are going to have dried down early. So, you know, when we look at our plants there, the top pods, they're going to be green, but firm. So we're not going to, you know, firm to roll. We get some browning in the middle and then the bottom pod should be brown, completely black. The one thing I would uh, extra caution this year with, with some of the droughted canola, especially the harder affected stuff, there is going to be some greenish looking plants left throughout the field where they kind of ran out of moisture very early. So make sure we open up some pods. See, are there actual seeds in there? If, if the pods on a greenish plant or a really droughted plant, if there are no seeds in those pods, not really a consideration as far as harvest, right? There's not going to be much coming into the combine out of those. But again, looking at those least mature areas of the field and making sure we get that uh, right. If the weeds are all dried down, the pre-harvest glyphosate is mostly for weed control. We're not speeding up the crop with that. So I would suggest, you know, if, if you don't have a lot of weeds, it might be time just to wait. Harvest is probably going to be starting early this year. Um, but again, if you do want to make that application, just make sure that that least mature part of the field is ready to roll. A lot of pressure on producers not to waste any of those valuable seeds this year. Yeah, harvest management, uh, combine management is always a good one. You know, those extra couple bushels, sometimes we can keep in the combine. This year, an extra challenge just with the lack of bushels. And as well, um, seeds are likely going to be smaller. Early reports say, you know, finer seeds is, pro- is what we expect on a hot, dry year. So, uh, you know, calibrating that combine, calibration numbers might look quite a bit different this year than other previous years with, you know, bigger, plumper canola seeds. So whether that's turning the fan down, playing with some sieve settings, making sure we're thrashing the canola fine, but if it's still very, very dry, making sure we're not over-thrashing the pods, you know, beating up, pulverizing all that plant material and putting that through the sieve. So combine settings are really, really important. You know, once we actually get out into harvesting canola, stop, drop a pan, check for losses, and do that a couple times throughout the day. You know, it, it can change quite a bit from plus 30 during the mid-afternoon to maybe only, you know, high teens later in the evening and moisture considerations in there. And, and even field to field now, if you have highly droughted canola versus, you know, only somewhat suffering, you might see quite a bit of differences in what, what kind of combine settings you're going to need. Swathing versus uh, straight cutting. Uh, in a year like this, what are the, the pros and cons? Yeah, swathing versus straight cutting is a popular question right now. Uh, Swathing generally helps with uneven crops, right? Getting that, you know, so we don't have MRL issues, that pre-harvest glyphosate timing that's difficult. Swathing is sometimes easier. But this year with a lot of very thin plant stands, very short crops, there's not a lot there to anchor that swath. So should we get big winds during harvest, those swaths with a little bit of canola that's there might start to move on us. And again, we're talking smaller swaths less well-knitted together type stuff. So swathing uh, can work well to on, on highly irregular or uneven crops, but making sure that swath actually stays there till harvest could be a bit of a challenge. So some varieties, really, swathing is still a better way to go, but if you have the option, straight cutting might be a good option, right? we got not a lot of weeds, 
and you know it's still early. I know har- you know canola harvest is still a couple weeks away for the most part, but it's coming early. We're going to be a couple weeks earlier than normal, so there is time to let some parts of those fields naturally ripen, dry down. So patience might help with some of those crops, especially if it's a crop that doesn't see a lot of you know it's a pod chatter type uh, variety. It can sit there for a couple of weeks. That might be the easiest way to get it uniform and ready for harvest. Ian Epp is an agronomy specialist with the Canola Council of Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Covering for Jim Smalley, here's Josh Sigerson. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. After seven years at the helm, Sask Wheat Development Commission General Manager Dr. Harvey Brooks is retiring. Brooks has led the organization from its development stages to becoming a major research funder in the province. Brooks says it's time for him to retire as he's done everything he set out to do. I've accomplished uh, essentially all of the major goals that I wanted to accomplish at Sask Wheat. I'm leaving behind a, an extremely strong team. So uh, it's time to spend more time with my family and, uh, and travel and a few other things. Uh, so this will be full retirement. I'm not leaving to pursue other uh, professional endeavors. While accomplishing several big things during his tenure, Brooks says his proudest achievement was the establishment of the Canadian Wheat Research Coalition. That brought together the research efforts of all Western Canadian wheat producers into one funding body to fund more regional and national wheat research projects. So that has been uh, working fairly well. So that's been extremely important. Brooks says he leaves the organization in a very good position as they head into the future. It's got a very active board and an engaged board. The staff is extremely uh, knowledgeable and talented, so we're leaving behind a, a good complement of people there. And the uh, the producer support for the efforts of Saskatchewan continues to be very strong. I think the, the future is very bright. Brooks will stay on until about mid-October to allow for a smooth transition with the next GM. Anyone interested in the position can find out more information on Sask Wheat's website. Back in a moment. The market updates on the source 620 CKRM. Market update is brought to you by Nelson GM and Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you're a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. And brought to you by Sask Pork. Saskatchewan's growing and vibrant hog industry creates economic spin-offs and career opportunities in our rural communities. Find out more by visiting saskpork.com. Grain prices showed upward movement this morning as Durham was unchanged at 543.24. Feed barley was unchanged at 294.65. Canola moved up a dollar 840.22. Flax is unchanged at 776.39. Lentils were unchanged at 832.50. Oats were up $23 to 298.53. Yellow peas were up $8 to 440.89. Feed wheat was up $77.93 to 261.65, and one red spring wheat was down a dollar and 79 cents to 358.30. It's the livestock reports on the source 620 CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn at 842-4574. Now the latest livestock quotes. Good afternoon. This is the Yorkton Heartland Livestock Market Report for the week of August the fourth. A big sale here on Wednesday, 1,370 in the sort, 450 cows and bulls, and some regular cattle on the side. We sold 1,900 head for the day. Cows and bulls selling a bit softer. D1, D2 cows, 72 to 82, sales to 84, 85. D3 cows, 60 to 70. Cows are averaging 76.50. 
good bulls, 97 to 110, sales to 114, 115, bulls are averaging 10350. On to the pre-sort sale, very strong and aggressive bidding. Listen up. A package of 34 little steers weighing 310, they sold for 310, 960 bucks for those little guys. 400 pound steers, 275. 475 pound tan steers, 264. 550 pound red black exotic steers, 235. And 650 pound steers at 223. On to the heifers, 350 pound little heifers, 233. 425 pound heifers, 228. 475 pound heifers, 210. 550 pound heifers, 181. And 650 pound heifers also at 181. On to the yearling market. What a sale we had on these yearlings. Listen up. 500 yearlings from one producer. 750 pound yearling steers, 209. 850 is 193, 50. And 950 pound yearling steers at 183 and a quarter. On to the yearling heifers, 750 pound yearling heifers, 181. 850 pound yearling heifers. Here there is 177 in this package. They traded for 170 and 940 pound yearling heifers at 158. Next week, August 11th, we will be pre-sorting, receiving Tuesday from eight to four. If you've got calves or yearlings you want to move, please don't miss the boat on these prices. These feeders and calves are moving three weeks to a month sooner than normal. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. And now, the Resource Report, brought to you by the Prairie Co-op Grow Team, fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton, and Strasburg. A hay purchasing scam is making its way through Saskatchewan. Farmers are urged to use caution before buying forages. In an issued statement, Saskatchewan RCMP and Livestock Services of Saskatchewan said several producers have been the victim of fraud while attempting to purchase hay. Ads placed on social media and other buy and sell platforms are asking for payment prior to the buyer seeing the hay or being in a position to take immediate delivery. Several producers sent funds before learning the seller did not have the hay. Buyers should take steps to ensure transactions online or over buy and sell platforms are conducted in a safe manner. RCMP said the best practice for buyers is to not send funds until in a position to confirm the product or items are legitimate and delivery has been established. Anyone with information can contact the RCMP or Livestock Services Saskatchewan at 306-546-5086. On the markets today, the TSX is up 55 points at 20,384. The Dow is up 175 points at 34,967. Oil is up a dollar and two cents at 69.17 a barrel, and the Canadian dollar is up three hundredths of a cent at 80 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show today, tune into the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, which is brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. For Jim Smalley, I'm Josh Sigurdsson. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.